0: Find out what the whole world is thinking in The Agenda.
1: This week on The Agenda, Talking Turkey. Record growth despite soaring inflation and a key moderating role in the conflicts in Ukraine. Just where does Turkey stand in a changing world order? For centuries, Turkey has had a unique role in geopolitics. Looking both east and west, it's been a major player in key global events, but with the current shifts in international relations caused by everything from covid to conflict how's that role changing well to consider that i'm joined now by the chief advisor to the country's president erdogan il Chevich thank you so much sir, for, for coming on the program sir now let, let's start talking about nato because at the recent summit sweden and finland have been invited to join after turkey lifted some of those objections to them joining So did you get the assurances that you needed?
0: Yes, we got the assurances on paper that what we need. But of course, it depends on uh, will they deliver. Uh, Assurances are fine, but if they remain on paper and nothing happens, then Turkey's objections will uh, resurface.
1: So what needs to happen and how quickly? Well, they have to extradite PKK
0: terrorists to Turkey. They have to change their laws so that PKK sympathisers cannot run amok in the streets of Stockholm and in Finland. And they should scrap this issue of trying to impose arms embargoes against Turkey whenever we launch operations against PKK terrorists.
1: So there are some conditions then that you're, you're hoping to see realised. Um, but the Biden administration yes. has now backed that potential sale of F-16 fighter jets um, to, to Turkey. Um, is that what Turkey gets out of being a member? I just wonder how important it is to modernise Turkey's air force. Modernising
0: Turkey's air force is of course very important, but that is, uh, that's not the byproduct of Turkey lifting its objections to the membership of Norway and Finland, I'm oh, sorry, Sweden and Finland, because we are not here to bargain for arms. We are uh, objecting to countries giving safe haven to PKK terrorists. It has, uh, the Americans were not involved in the negotiations. The NATO secretariat uh, was involved in convincing Turkey to lift the its objections against the membership of Sweden and uh, Finland. But the Americans were not even in uh, the holds. They were nowhere. They were not involved in this process. They were completely uh, out of the seat and there were no preconditions or anything. So uh, nothing is tied to the F-16s. Uh, the F-16s is a matter between Turkey and the United States. The United States has already said that NATO's security is very important. NATO, we have to bolster NATO's security. And one of the linchpins of NATO's security is Turkey, because Turkey has the second largest army in NATO after the United States. Turkey has an operational army, which is war toughened. It has been involved in operations in Syria in Iraq, in Libya and many other places and we have a very well experienced military force. So they need that force but they need that force with up-to-date weapons and thus yeah. the United States is saying this is the time to unite all the NATO members to bolster their force so that they can oppose any kind of aggression. Uh, the Ukraine situation has been an eye-opener to everyone. So. The United States is supporting Turkey to bolster NATO and its own security. So uh, it has nothing to do with the membership of Finland and uh, Sweden.
1: But as NATO is bolstering uh, its membership, you could say, you know, Russia, unsurprisingly, isn't so happy with that with that expansion. Do you think that, that Putin has somewhat of a point?
0: The Russians uh, may have a point, but the answer is not invading another country they have a point in the sense that they feel that they are being encircled by nato they feel that uh, nato has gone too far getting into uh, ukraine and trying to uh, threaten russian security they claim so at the end of the day they feel that the more uh, the Western countries, the NATO allies, are involved in countries like Ukraine and others, which the Russians feel is their back door uh, and their back garden, sorry. So they feel that uh, somebody's violating their back garden, somebody is violating their security. That's what they feel. So somewhere or another, if we are to live with these people, we have to then appease them to a certain extent. So we have to address their uh, concerns. This is what Turkey is doing. It's doing a balanced uh, act with the Russians. Uh, Yes, it is helping Ukraine, but it is also saying that we should not further antagonize the Russians. On the contrary, we should try to find ways of trying to get them on board in a peaceful manner with dialogue and try to soften their position. So we feel that. Our arms, more arms and to and bolstering the war mechanism is not going to help this process.
1: So Turkey is positioning itself as a neutral uh, player in, in, in the conflict in, in Ukraine, supporting no, Ukraine.
0: Really. But... Go on. Yeah. No, it's not neutral. I mean, we are supporting Ukraine. We're the only country that has really given meaningful arms to uh, Ukraine. If it weren't for the Turkish drones, Ukraine would not be able to stop the Russian onslaught at the beginning. Turkey has been involved in all kinds of support to the Ukrainians, and they know this, and the West knows it very well. That is why when the war started, many NATO countries also told Turkey to keep the channels open with the Russians because we have open channels. Thus, this would help the eventual peace process. So that is why Turkey has been addressing certain Russian concerns but vehemently uh, opposing any kind of invasion of Ukraine and any kind of aggression. So uh, we're on the side of the Ukrainians. We are a NATO country. We're We're on the side of NATO. But we feel that things should be handled in a much different manner so that the Russians can always be kept on board, uh, thus helping the peace process.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about keeping those channels of communication open, because I know Ukraine is looking to Turkey to to, to get some security guarantees in a deal with Russia to allow millions of tonnes of grain that's been stuck in in various ports to be shipped through the Black Sea. So what are the prospects for an agreement when when it comes to this? and, And how soon can a deal be done?
0: Well, I think uh, the United Nations is also involved in this process and uh, they've set up a a headquarters in Istanbul for the coordination of this effort. And Turkey is involved, of course, uh, knee-deep. So Turkey is brokering a kind of agreement where the grain will reach the world markets. I don't know how soon, But I don't think it's too far in the distant future.
1: Let's talk about the European Union and and EU membership, because in June, the European Parliament warned that over the past two years, Turkey has consistently gone back on some of the commitments in relation to the accession process. What's your take?
0: They haven't kept any of their promises. So, I mean, you know, uh, saying uh, that Turkey is not keeping its uh, promises is rather awkward. Turkey is a vital security element for the EU as much as NATO. Uh, If it weren't for Turkey, 5 million Syrian refugees would now be at the doorsteps of many European Union countries. Thanks to Turkey, Turkey stopped this, gave safe haven for most of these people, and nearly 4 million of them are now in Turkey. Turkey has spent $100 billion dollars and I quote again, a hundred billion dollars to keep these people safe all this time. What has the European Union done? They have promised six billion dollars, Euros, sorry, six billion euros to help these refugees, which is chicken fee compared to the hundred million dollars that hundred billion billion that we have spent. But despite that chicken fee, they've only paid four billion of that chicken fee, and still they are beating in the bush, trying to release the rest. They should have helped Turkey much more uh, at the tune of $40, 50000000000 billion because that is what is needed to keep these people, but they didn't. Now, these, if we had allowed these people, they would all, as I said, would have been in uh, many of the European Union countries by now, and that would have been havoc for them. Now, we stop that. Nobody thanks us for that. On the contrary, uh, they are just playing around, not opening chapters for European Union accession for umptith of years. Uh, There's no prospects that Turkey will be uh, a member of the European Union anywhere near in the future. Uh, The Turks are much disenchanted with this.
1: I want to talk about trade and increasing those connections because Turkey has has very much been that bridge if you like between east and west and it's playing a vital role in China's belt and road initiative so where do you see the potential for for stronger trade links of so for, for more investment potential
0: The more Turkey is involved in the in international relations the more Turkey strengthens its position in international relations That also serves for Turkey's trade relations as well. Turkey has uh, built an excellent network of logistics in the African continent. Uh, Turkish Airlines flies everywhere in the African continent. Turkey gives excellent connections to Africans to go around the world. So uh, there's a lot of potential for Turkey to not only be a trade route between the East and the West, but from uh, South to North as well. And uh, even in the political sense, that is very important. So Turkey with its huge entrepreneur skills has been very much involved in international trade. We have now achieved more than $250 billion of uh, exports. We are running into a record with our export boom. Yes, the weak Turkish theorists has also helped us, but we are doing very well in that sense. We are producing a lot, high quality goods, and we have supplemented China in many sectors because the European Union has imposed sanctions on Chinese aluminium and other products. Uh, Thus, Turkey is one of the countries that substitutes China in this sense. Uh, Thus, it is very important for uh, Europe. But you see, trade means we need good deals. And what we're getting in the customs union, the customs union is completely old-fashioned and out of date uh, with the European Union and Turkey. Now, that customs union has to be changed. It has to be modernized. It has to fit Turkey's expectations. And it doesn't. And the European Union countries agree to this. And they also say that it is working against Turkey. So they should be doing something again uh, about this. Again, uh, they're not keeping their promises. They're not doing anything about it.
1: You talk about Turkey's entrepreneurial spirit uh, and you mentioned trade deals and how you're benefiting from the the low uh, Lira. But the currency has really taken a tumble. It's under pressure and inflation is at crazy record highs. Um, So talk me through the the state of the Turkish economy and where you see growth coming from.
0: The world is going through a crisis. All big economies are also suffering. We are uh, among the G20 countries. Everybody's inflation has gone high. Yes, Turkey's might have gone higher than the others, but our growth rate has been number one in uh, the West. So our growth rate is very healthy. But of course, everybody faces inflation. Everybody faces weak currencies problem. So, I mean, uh, this is not something privy to Turkey. It is after the the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, the world has been hearted. And we are one of the few that really scraped through with minimum damage. But still, the damage is there. Above that, the Ukrainian crisis and the energy crisis that it has created, because there is huge energy costs all around the world, we have not been immune to these huge energy costs because we do not produce the energy. So, I mean, you know, it is only normal for all the world economies,
1: including ours, to have a tumble. Let's then talk about tourism, a big money spinner, a real engine of economic growth. You know, how how close are you to getting back to normal?
0: To a certain extent, we're getting back to normal. The the war, uh, of course, has hurt the Russians coming to Turkey. Uh, They are still coming to Turkey in uh, their thousands, but uh, maybe it would have been much better if uh, the war was not on people from Ukraine and uh, Russia would be coming to Turkey in bigger numbers, but Turkey is a good holiday destination. So everybody tries to get to Turkey from Germany and many European countries. They're very used to Turkey. So, uh, that is good news for us, but of course other, uh, there are other elements. I mean, tourism, our export boom, our tourism are favorable signs, but of course the, when it's energy, the energy prices really hurt us because it hurts the american so it's only normal for it to hurt the Turk. we do not produce oil like the americans and yet we still suffer even more than that so uh, you know that's the picture
1: turkey has rebranded itself it's not just turkey it's turkey i I wondered why that move's been made and why it's happening now
0: there was an effort by late to do this but uh, he did not succeed. He wanted the name of tu- Turkey to be called Türkiye. But the fact that we have the bird Turkey and everybody has been joking about it in, for many years may have had, a, uh, had an impact on this decision. But the real thing, of course, is that we want our name to be called Türkiye because that is what we are. And we feel that... We are different than many countries. We, are, we help peace in the world. We try to create as much as help to the needy around the world. We are the only country that has 5 million refugees, 4 million of them Syrians. We give safe haven to people. So we want it to be a bit different. So we called it Turkey.
1: Ilhan absolute pleasure talking to you from the presidential Thank palace you. in Ankara. Thank you very much. Thank you. Still to come here on The Agenda, a question of economics. Why record growth won't be enough to save the Turkish economy? Find
0: out what the whole world is thinking in The Agenda.
1: Welcome back to The Agenda. We've considered where Turkey sits in the world in terms of foreign affairs. But what about its financial situation? Joining me now from Istanbul is Attila Yesilada, Turkey Country Analyst for Global Source Partners. Thanks ever so much for coming on the show. Now, let's start with inflation. At 78% is at 23-year highs. But this new economic model, slashing borrowing costs, which some critics say is a high-risk experiment, it just isn't working, is it?
2: Nope. Inflation is accelerating towards three digits simply because slashing borrowing costs means cheaper credit, which means higher domestic demand growth, which is not matched by supply, which obviously is very inflationary. I think we have entered a wages to inflation spiral from which there is no coming going back. I mean, the only way you can control such rampant inflation is a recipe known across the world, tried and tested tight fiscal policy, tight monetary policy. None of this is going to happen in Turkey because we have 11 months left at most to elections. To put it very um, uh, succinctly, unless Mr. Erdogan is replaced by a different president of a different ideological persuasion, Turkey has become and will remain a hyperinflationary country.
1: And yet, amidst this high inflation, economic growth is faster than it's ever been. Uh, Can that continue? It's not faster
2: than it has ever been, but it's relatively fast compared to what we have expected at the beginning of the year. And there are two reasons for that. A, people are borrowing like crazy at real negative rates, reaching 50%. So the loan rate is 30% per annum. Inflation, 78%. One would be crazy not to borrow. And what do they do with the money they borrow? They consume. Second reason is, you know, very apparent and also very well known in the global economics literature, it's bringing forward consumption simply because if you put your money into deposits or in any kind of financial assets, it depreciates because of steady inflation. As a result, whenever I have money in my hands, I immediately consume it or buy it or use it to buy raw materials, or if I'm really rich, to speculate it in the housing market.
1: But while the economy is growing so fast, the the cost of living is is soaring. How worried should we be about things like rising food prices?
2: Food prices are going to rise for the foreseeable future. There's a seasonal reason, which is tourism. I mean, Turkey is going to uh, entertain 40 million tourists, which is a huge burden on the already strained agricultural supply lines. Two, obviously, Ukraine war and the fact that Turkey is now a major importer of grains and oil seeds. Three structural problems. Nobody wants to do agriculture anymore. It's not profitable. Life in big cities, even as an industrial or services worker, is much more lucrative or uh, personally fulfilling. Therefore, Turkey's agricultural supply growth has declined below 1%, whereas average population growth is 1.1%. 1.5%. 1.5 percent. You can do the math. Food prices are going to increase forever.
1: You mentioned the conflict in Ukraine. How has that increased the challenges for the Turkish economy?
2: It has devastated the Turkish economy. Let me give, just give you one figure. In 2021, Turkey paid roughly 45 billion dollars for its for her imports of natural gas and oil and related commodities. This year, the bill is going to exceed 100 billion dollars. We're suffering because Russian and Ukrainian tourists are too poor to visit our country. We're suffering because other commodity prices are increasing. We're suffering because we're also one of the leading importers of Ukrainian and Russian grain and Ukrainian oil seas, which have become either impossible to procure anywhere else or extremely expensive.
1: So let's talk about those soaring energy costs. So They've widened the trade deficit even further. I think the foreign trade gap is the largest for, for, for nine years or so. Um, as you say, it's not just about global commodity prices, is it?
2: No, roughly half the increase in trade deficits can be attributed to external events like global commodity prices. But the rest is very simple. Turkey is an import dependent country. Everything we consume, even domestically uh, raised food uses chemical fertilizers, which are important. So everything has an imported input component. And when you have a weak currency, rising global prices, it seeps into the trade deficit. You pay more for your imports. And as importantly, you're not fighting inflation. You want to keep domestic demand robust. That is, you want to keep growth robust so you can win the next elections. And since there is so much growth, despite the higher prices, People are also importing more from abroad in terms of non-energy things like, you know, cars, uh, luxury food, luxury textiles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's another conundrum. We economists look at the problem not not as the foreign trade gap, but as a current account deficit. And Turkey's current account deficit is going to reach 50 billion dollars at the end of the year. To finance this, Turkey needs reserves, FX reserves. Turkey's central bank has only usable FX reserves of 30 billion dollars. So later in the year, probably in the winter, Turkey may also have a balance of payments bottleneck. That's difficulties in terms of securing foreign finance.
1: That's the winter. Let's bring things forward a little bit because we're in the throes of tourist season. How important is tourism to the Turkish economy?
2: It's existential not only does it generate 4% of GDP, it produces roughly 2 million seasonal employment. And it's so, it it buys goods and services from 25 different industries. The tourism season usually makes a difference for the economy and this year, tourism season has started very well and I hope COVID will not strike again or there won't be any domestic turbulence. We'll probably close the year with $30 billion of gross tourism revenue, which is at par or slightly better than the previous past peak, which is 2019. It's good, it's good for everyone, but the import growth is so rapid and Turkey is bleeding foreign exchange so rapidly. Even an exceptional tourism season will not solve our current account wars.
1: Well, we'll be talking to you again to see if your predictions for the Turkish economy and the political landscape ring true been a pleasure hearing your insights. Thank you very much, Attila Yeshilada. Bye-bye. Coming up on a future agenda, get out your crystal balls to consider what the second half of 2022 might have in store for the global economy. But for now, from me, Juliet Mann, and from all of the Agenda team here in London, goodbye.